for Live. joining us. Uh, we are going to give a few minutes for people to join, but uh, uh, while we're doing that, uh, my name is David Pinckney. I'm sitting here in Concord, New Hampshire, and uh, it's my privilege to uh, be a, a husband, a father, um, a pastor of River of Grace Church, and I'm also a strategist for the Rural Collective, which is part of Acts 29's diversity uh, initiative. Joining me, uh, well, I guess it's this afternoon here in the States, but in evening in uh, Scotland is Pete Rennie. Glad, glad you're with us, Pete. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me, David. Glad to be here. Yeah. It's a pleasure to chat to you. Yeah. So a um, little bit of introduction here. First of all, just to this, uh, this broadcast, this podcast, whatever we call it. Uh, we're naming it Gospel Nobodies. It's, uh, and, and I want to tell you a little bit about that, the story of that name. But our whole intention is to provide encouragement and uh, connectivity and resourcing for guys who are called to plant in obscure, forgotten, small places around the globe. And so uh, our hope is that as we record these, uh, these, these po podcasts, that they would be a, uh, a source of, of strengthening for uh, brothers and sisters who are, are serving Jesus in places that nobody knows about. And uh, so anyway, uh, so how do we come up with the name uh, Gospel Nobodies? Uh, that's why we're going to talk to Pete, because in September of 2018, I was on my way to Sheffield, England, to meet with a number of other rural Acts 29 pastors who are in the mix to begin uh, what would become the Rural Collective. And on my way over, I stopped to see John Irvin, Irvine in uh, Rathfurland, Ireland. And uh, so, and John's an Acts 29 uh, pastor in his hometown of Rathfurland, a small town of 2,500. And uh, we, one evening, we're sitting in a pub with, a, uh, uh, with John and an elder and another leader. And the leader had just, I think a month or two before, had been in Liverpool, England, uh, to hear Johnny, um, Donnie Griggs and uh, Small Town Jesus. But his big takeaway from that was meeting a, uh, a, a, a rural pastor, and he couldn't remember his name, couldn't remember where he was from, but he, he was this this guy in the pub was just stuck struck by this uh, rural pastor's um, just testimony to be happy to be a gospel nobody for the fame of Christ and uh, that just struck me and it it so I started this role as uh, uh, in, in with the uh, rural collective and got to travel all around the globe and I I kept repeating this story of of that that those who are called to rural places are gospel nobodies. Uh, we serve in obscurity, we'll die in obscurity. Um, and, and that's okay because we're doing the will of the Lord. So fast forward to uh, late June of 2019, and my daughter and I are visiting uh, Pete and Anne Rennie in Inverness, Scotland. And uh, which is, I, I, you call it the, cap, the, the regional city, the capital city of the Highlands. Um, Highland capital. Yeah. Yeah. Highland capital. And uh, I was telling him this story and Pete sheepishly hung his head and said, I said that. So um, if you like the title Gospel Nobodies, uh, I'm introducing you to its source. Um, and so thank you, Pete. For, I probably uh, stole it from someone. It's probably not probably, mine. So. If you know who said it before me, then take it. But I just threw the comment <laughs> away and uh, yeah, thought nothing more of it. Yeah, you threw it away in Liverpool and I heard it in Rathfurland and uh, 
and now we repeat it over and over again. And now we've named the podcast after it. And maybe we'll only get two podcasts and it will die, but that's okay because it's okay to be gospel nobodies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pete, Pete, tell me a little bit about yourself, your journey, your um, your uh, calling to plant a church in Inverness. Tell us a little bit about Inverness and the Highlands. Yeah, so um, I'm born and raised in Inverness. Um, I am um, gr- grew up here and went and, as I was finishing high school, went and, and worked in, in Aberdeen, a city about 100 miles east of here uh, with Youth for Christ. And during that year, um, really sensed a call into ministry. Um, so I went to Glasgow to do management and economics um, and transferred out of that after a year and did um, a theology degree. And um, just while involved in ministry there in a heart for evangelism and how you reach Scotland, um, really saw church planting as a way of doing that, of being able to go and, and reach people. Um, so my wife and I were, were kind of got involved with uh, a Baptist church in, in Renfrew. And we're sent from there a few years later to, to plant up in, in Inverness. Um, so um, you always get asked, you're on a rural podcast, Inverness, is that, is that rural? Is that small? You're at a small town Jesus conference, is that small town? Uh, and the answer is kind of yes and no. So Inverness um, is, uh, has a population of about 60,000, was one of the fastest growing places in Europe um, in the early 2000s. Um, so... Um, yeah, in some sense, it's growing and it's, it's not a small place, but it, it's definitely rural. Um, so Inverness is, as we've said, the capital of the Highlands. Um, has um, The Highlands is, is, um, is a third of Scotland's landmass. I think it's about 10% of the UK. A landmass the size of Belgium has a population of 235,000. So 4% of Scotland live in a third of the, of the land. Um, so I guess a way of comparing it is Belgium, I think, has a population of about 11.5 million um, in the same land space that the Highlands has a population of 235,000. Um, so a very rural, although Inverness is probably the, the, the main place um, in there, 60,000 of those 235 live in Inverness. Uh, but outside of that, it's just all small towns and villages um, where... Um, yeah, just some beautiful places, some really broken places, um, some some great churches, um, uh, and some some remnants of, of previous history, uh, previous gospel glory. Um, so yeah, there's, there's um, lots of small towns, small places that need healthy local churches. So yeah, we're 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 part of here, and we've got a, a real burden to to be part of what God's doing in the Highlands of Scotland. Yeah. So when my daughter, Abby, and I were visiting, and by the way, she says hi to your dog, Winston. She fell in <laughs> yeah. love with yeah. Winston. What is, is Winston an Irish setter or something like that? He's a Cocker Spaniel, but he's a from Cocker Ar- Spaniel. He is from Ireland. Okay. Uh, he impor- yeah. imported an Irish dog. Okay. A, a four-year-old uh, Cocker Spaniel. So, yeah. yeah. So you had this, you were talking about thinking uh, in, in direction of Inverness, uh, 100 miles each direction. There are all these villages, yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. So you basically have Inverness and then the next major uh, kind of um, population um, centre is either Aberdeen, which is 100 miles to the east and takes about three hours to drive. Or um, I guess you've got Perth, which is similar sized to Inverness, which is 100 miles south. Um, and then if you go west, you've got Fort William and north, you just have the north coast and you've got Orkney and Shetland and then the next stop's Norway. Um, so... Our vision as a church, Living Hope is a church we planted. It's um, be five years old in September. We're, we're 
a sm small church, about 40 adults um, in membership. And um, yeah, we really have a heart to, to our hundred year vision, as you speak about, um, is to, to see churches planted and be part of planting churches 100 miles in every direction from Inverness. Uh, you mentioned a hundred year vision. I'm going to give credit to Stephen Whitmer, the author of a big yeah. gospel for small places. Uh, he, I, I, uh, I again heard him say that and I, it really liberates us from the sense of, of, uh, if we don't get things done in five years, uh, we still have time. Uh, should, should the Lord put off his return, which I'm sure you and I are fine yeah. if he returns before this podcast yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, in planting in your hometown, uh, has that, what, what has been the positive of that and the negative of that? Um, I think positives of that have been that you, um, we obviously knew the culture, uh, knew people here, was able to get involved in, um, had a lot of connections straight away. So we, it was really a parachute plant, um, but we plugged in with a local church up here. Um, and have planted out into the west of Inverness. I think what was helpful was we had a, a real understanding of Inverness where someone who was an outsider wouldn't have had. Um, so we, we really spoke to, to a lot of local churches and wanted to plant in partnership with churches. Um, and then we saw the west kind of suburb in which we have planted was where there's a lot of growth happening. So there's about 800 new houses going up um, with little gospel witness um, obviously no gospel witnesses amongst all these new houses um, so churches were able then to kind of in partnership guide our vision towards where we planted in Inverness that we complement rather than compete with other local churches um, so I think that was a massive um, positive and so, so our core team was sent out from, from other local churches in Inverness who saw the vision uh, for church planting and sent people to come and support us um, so that was a really um, positive to that I guess the negatives are that you're known in Inverness and um, the, there's people already have preconceived ideas of who you are growing up and those kind of things I think that puts that can put barriers up as well but um, no overall it's been it's been a huge positive um, yeah and you know Pete I was really impressed visiting with you the network the small network of planters and potential planters that uh Mm. that um, you're, you're a part of uh, Chris Davidson, who's part of Acts yeah. 29 or in the process of trying to plant in the, one of the schemes of Inverness. Uh, and then uh, Kenny Rogan, who's yeah. in the process with Acts 29 down in um, Abbeymore, which is what yeah. probably got a half hour south. Yeah, a half hour, 40 minutes south of us. Yes, south of you, a town of about 3,000. And I, I was just so heartened by um, this. You're kind of suburbs, Chris's, uh, in the city, uh, Kenny has been called to this small town, and mm. yet um, the, the 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 bond that you guys share is really really pretty. Uh, yeah, I, I guess beautiful. So I think that's been a real encouragement to to us, and that there hasn't been much Acts twenty nine presence up here up until a couple of years ago. Um, and Chris and Catherine moved up, and they're planting with twenty schemes and involved with Acts twenty nine through church in hard places, and um, just five or ten minutes uh, away from us which has been great. So getting to know them and being able to, to partner with them. And then yeah, Kenny Rogan, as you said, moved up, um, must have been a year and a half or so ago now into Avi Moore. It's just a town of 5,000 people. Um, so, so that's been really great. And then we've got um, outside of, we started meet, we started to meet and, and there's someone near Aberdeen, Echo Graham and Tinica Wintour, a couple there planting into Balmedy, which is a town of about 2,000, just north of Aberdeen. 
Um, so they've kind of connected in as well. They've done assessment through X29 and are going through that process. And then we've got a, a couple um, called Josh and Shonda Hamilton who are, who are with us at the moment, but looking to plant the next town over from us, a town of about 10,000, um, just to the east. So there's really, in the last couple of years, um, I guess five different uh, couples um, who have been able to so really build in that um, brotherhood and sisterhood um, that I guess in some sense we've been missing um, from being only Acts 29 guys in this area. So that's been a real encouragement. And I think it's, I think, um, yeah, particularly Chris and Catherine, I think, have just got a, a really important role to play in that so much of the Highlands, um, it's beautiful. Some of the most beautiful part of scenery in the world. I think um, Jeremy Clarkson had done a um, did a grand tour episode up here and he said that the northwest of Scotland was his favourite place in the whole world. Um, and you've obviously had like, you've got massive wealth of, um, what was it, Madonna and Guy Ritchie got married here a few years ago and all those big golf courses that people come in from all over the world. You've got the Loch Ness Monster just 10 minutes away from us. Yeah, we went and saw We went and saw Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Abby sailed on a boat for hours. I think she did. She see him? I think she said she did. Oh, several times she said. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but those then those villages and small places are actually a lot of them are essentially uh, schemes where there's real. Um, I mean, there's, there's real wealth and beauty, but there's also real brokenness and addiction and deprivation and all the social issues that go with that. So I, I know Chris and Catherine really want to see their scheme as being a, a, a kind of church that then can plant out other schemes across the highlands, which is so important. So, um, yeah, yeah really I think that's been a real encouragement, excitement for anime myself. I, I, and before I ask you or have you uh, ask a further question on that sort of sense of fraternity or brotherhood, yeah. sisterhood you have with those five couples, let me just say that if you're watching and you want, you have a question or a comment and you want um, Pete to, uh, to speak to it, uh, feel free to, Type that in the comments there, and I think we'll end up seeing that. Uh, if not, we'll just ramble on. Uh, our goal is to to make this a meaningful half hour. So, um, so this idea that you're now linked up with about five other couples, and then ironically, we had a contact from what island is that? North um, um, Orkney. Orkney, yeah, Orkney. and so. had a contact uh, a, a church planter up there contact us, looking to potentially connect, and it's so. Uh, helpful, I think, to be able to, um, you know, you have, you already have this, this brotherhood, this sisterhood. Um, how, for guys who don't have that, um, what, what encouragement could you uh, offer them? Yeah, I guess, um, I guess f finding anyone in the area who does, who, who's similar and can come alongside and, and spend time uh, with you and encourage you in that. But then I guess, um, We've seen that a lot over 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 the last few months, haven't we? How powerful technology can be. I think so. Acts Twenty Nine and the Rural Collective, obviously, having that focus on smaller places where there is you're going to be more isolated and forgotten. Um, but then the month, I think there's there's regularly stuff going on through through online through the Rural Collective and connecting with you and others. Um, I guess. There's principles that are true of gospel ministry all around the world. Um, and I think that, I think what I found in Acts 29 as well is as soon as you find out someone else in Acts 29, there is that connection. You kind of get each other and you fit. Um, so, so yeah, I think um, plug, plug into the Rural Collective and what they're doing. And, and I mean, 
the prayer that you might credit to someone else, but I heard from you. Um, it's just to pray for laborers for the for for well, I guess you can credit it to Christ, can't you? Um, take it back. But um, you kind of talking about that specifically for other laborers within the vineyard. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess yeah, praying intentionally, seeking what you can do, and making that a priority if you can. Um, yeah. 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 I think I, I think I might be famous for quoting people like Pete Rennie, Stephen Whitmer, and Jesus. <laughs> so I do think, and and if you're if you're I mean, isolation is one of the challenges of rural planting yeah. and uh, and then having a sense of gospel centrality and, and being of the, um, the, uh, the, the the reformed conviction that God is sovereign over everything, including the salvation of of, of mankind um, yeah. that looking for that fraternity. If it's not there, I do I do urge you to take what Jesus said seriously and pray the Lord the harvest send workers. We are now like in New Hampshire where we are, there was only one other, well, no, there was no other. I didn't have guys in New Hampshire I could go to. I was, I was, I'd be uh, tripping down to Boston, which is about 70 miles south of, yeah. of here. Uh, but now uh, we're planting our second or involved with planting our second church. And we've got now this brotherhood of, of, of people God has sent here. So mm. I urge guys not to give up on that or uh, become discouraged in your isolation and yeah. pray that God sends uh, uh, more laborers to uh, to to to, to uh, be brothers and sisters in, in the in the in the task. Uh, I'm looking to see if any questions have popped up here so far. I'm not seeing any. Um, maybe with that, just just a little biographical uh, side note here. So you and Anne are expecting your first uh, child here in a few weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. So a month yesterday. So. Uh, we're any time, I guess. So um, we're all uh, we're bracing ourselves, starting to get excited. It feels very imminent after a lot of waiting. So yeah, yeah. Well, Pete, that could, that's that's part of church growth, right? We add to the church yeah. daily those who are not just being saved, but those being born. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> we we will take it. Um, yeah. Let's see what we got here. Uh, no questions yet. So uh, we've got some time. Explain everything so thoroughly. <laughs> But, <laughs> either that or nobody's watching and yeah uh, that's yeah. okay but i think my wife is so and you could ask a question for us yeah and <laughs> you could post a question or you know correct pete where he might have yeah. uh misquoted something yeah um so you've been um planted now five years about 40 adult members um yeah. you you've seen god build this network up of of you mentioned five couples um and I got to meet uh, at least the guys. Um, yeah. Um, I did meet. I did meet um, Kenny's wife, uh, Leslie. Um, yeah. So, other uh, other things that you've seen God do in the last five years that uh, you you are are encouraged by? Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of our stuff has just been um, it's been a slow. Plod. Um, I think it's Bonhoeffer, isn't it, that talks about discipleship being a, a long obedience in the right direction. I think church planting is sometimes just a, a long plod, uh, a glorious slog um, in the right direction. Um, so I think we've just been, uh, probably the things that have encouraged me most is just seeing growth in other people, um, seeing people um, really just just slowly growing. And I think I've learned a lot. I'll learn all that myself. So I had six weeks where I was 
kind of flat out on my back with a hip problem, couldn't couldn't do anything, and um, just lying flat out when the church is two years old and, and very vulnerable. Um, and I think a, a lot of I kind of felt like a lot of pressure at that time to be like we need to grow a, a church and we need to be a success and big and fast equals success. Um, and so just learning that in myself. Um, that when you're sitting down on a couch and can't do anything, you really have to, to learn to trust that Jesus builds his church. And I remember, I remember thinking the first Sunday in the church was meeting, just sensing God saying, um, I'm going to build my church up while you sit down. Um, and really seeing the growth in people as I was completely out of the game for six weeks. Um, and just, yeah, I felt like that probably in me is, is where I've seen the most God just, God just work in my heart and release a kind of, pressure valve on what does success mean and how do you get this moving and how do we move quickly and how do we get big into actually being content to trust that Jesus is building his church and to trust him um, with that and I think I've learned a lot of lessons through through yeah. that. You nailed a good yeah. theological uh, conviction. We have to go into church plant planting at least I think with with the humble reality that Jesus said I will build my church. I don't yeah. need you. I yeah. want to use you uh, awesome. and then to quote uh, a quote that has been hanging around my head for about, oh goodness, it's got to be 25 years now. But uh, I heard a conference speaker once say, um, the only church you can really build is the one that meets in your heart. Um, and I, I found that to be super helpful because um, I, I've watched as um, in my life, wrestling with my own struggle with traditionalism, pragmatism, uh, the mm. last decade, egotism, like, uh, like, why isn't the church bigger? And, you know, and, and that, that sort of sense that, am I doing something wrong? How can I be more effective? And certainly those are fair questions. But mm. when, when we put our head on the pillow at night, the church belongs to Jesus. He loves it far yeah. more than we do. And our, our task is to be faithful um, yeah. over, over the long haul. Um, yeah, totally. I think... Um... Yeah, I mean, I had that focus at the start. Thing, what, what do we do to make this quicker? How do we grow this quicker? Um, what can I do better? Look at oh, how come they're growing? How do I, instead of learning to to look? And so you kind of move towards pragmatism rather than gospel principles. Um, yeah. And actually, it's Jesus' church, so we'll build it according to Jesus' method. Um, and so, I mean, prayer is one of the least pragmatic things you can think of, isn't it? But um, just seeing, I mean, I was on the couch, I was like, the only thing I can do is pray. Um, and actually just seeing God answer prayer really clearly day after day for six weeks just yeah. has taught me. And I think hopefully that comes through in how I minister within the church. And that hopefully, actually, I think that is probably one of the biggest lessons um, and things have changed. And yeah, just, just growing principles over pragmatism. And yeah, just a reminder of that. I would never have said pragmatism is the way to go, but in my heart, you can be pulled that way. Um, oh, sure. Oh, sure. And the same yeah. way I'd always said, oh, Jesus builds his church. But at a functional level, those six weeks forced me to actually put into practice what I said I believed. Um, and I think I learned a lot just with patience with people and letting God worry. I just worry about trajectory and God worries about speed. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, that idea of just being able to, to trust him has allowed me, hopefully, to lead in a more gracious gentle gospel way. Sure. 
I love that. Uh, I'm going to quote you on that. I know you got it from somebody else probably, yeah. but uh, yeah. I worry about the trajectory and let God worry about the speed. Yeah. Um, ironically, those weeks you were laying flat on your be- back, I think that might have been the spring of 2017. Uh, I was I was in a uh, meeting with Donnie Griggs and some others. He was building a 10 co- month cohort. You were supposed to be there, yeah, yeah. but you you couldn't because you're uh, you're you had that. Yeah. Uh, I missed the trip, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, there are a couple questions here. Um, Will Balls uh, Basham from my hero from one of my heroes from West Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Will, we answered that question. Uh, speak something of uh, planting in a town that you were originally from. Uh, I think you we addressed that. And maybe you missed that earlier on in the recording. Johnny Pollock asks, how has God moved in a way that you didn't expect when you started out planting? Yeah. Um, great question. I think, I think what I learned is that a lot of what I had read and learned about church planting was from a city kind of uh, methods. So I thought what we would do in Inverness is we'd go into the middle of Inverness and try to grow a big church from there and and then kind of go from there. And I think over time, I mean, other people saw us quicker than me, but actually God planted us into the into the West is where we went because um, that's where there was need within Inverness. And I still had a kind of center, whole Inverness mentality. Um, and actually... I think over time, just, just God made it clear to me and, and to others within the church who probably I didn't listen to as quickly as I should have, um, just that we re- what needed to focus in on a more particular area. So that's really helped us over the last uh, year since then to have people moving into this area and living in the same area instead of being more scattered and really not making as big an impact as being in a smaller place. So I think a lot of that was the training I'd had from church planting came from a city um, urban centre kind of methods um, which I was applying into a small town um, and and actually kind of learning, well, actually, what does it mean to plant into a part of, of Inverness rather than the whole thing? Sure, yeah. sure. Hey, I got a question from Kenya. Uh, apart from prayer and having faith, did you have a budget for church planting and how did you raise it? So that's a great question. Yeah. Like, it's not easy to raise money for uh, rural planting. Uh, yeah. How much do you raise or what percentage of your budget? What did that look like for you? Yes, we had no budget whatsoever. Um, we moved up, uh, my wife and I. Um, I worked in Starbucks um, and uh, worked 40-something hours there a week, uh, which is a brilliant way of just getting to know people. Um, um, I mean, I just got to stand, make coffees and chat to people, which is a really good way of asking questions and doing a lot of demographic kind of research. And then, fortunately, my wife is a, a, a GP, a family doctor. So she... Um, so, so she obviously was earning a decent amount of money as well, which was helpful. Um, and then over time, what happened was we had, um, um, being part of Acts 29 helped us in that there was a, a chap called Kirk McDonald in um, Georgia um, who had family roots from Scotland and was looking to plant into Scotland, uh, or looking to support a plant in Scotland and got pointed in my direction and, and I kind of, with him so his church started supporting us a little bit which freed me up for a day or two a week from being in starbucks and slowly um so as things progressed that kind of um i kind of did less at starbucks Uh, and then um when i was over at x29 global gathering um 
Kirk had organised for some of his friends to come and hear the vision and kind of rallied guys in the southeast of um, Georgia uh, to get behind us. So we have three churches, Tim Bice, uh, Matt Ford uh, and Kirk McDonald, who all supported us. And that actually freed me by the time they supported. And then we had a core team. And um, so that kind of let me, I think I worked one day in Starbucks anyway, just to, to let, let us do it. But we really started from the scratch and just took each step at a time. Um, up to the point where it's only maybe, I think now three years. Um, so for the first two years of the church, I, I was still working in Starbucks and the bivocational method. And we've been, I think it's through Acts 29, thanks to the generosity of the guys in the States. Um, that's been really, that's allowed us to, allowed me to kind of go full time as there was more need. Um, but I thought there's, there's massive benefits to the bivocational stuff to start in terms of meeting people, in terms of modeling mission. Um, to, to people within your church in terms of earning some money through that as well. Um, so yeah, that helped. And I guess the other thing we had is that my parents had moved to South Africa um, just as we were moving up to Inverness. So they had a house that was sitting empty in Inverness, which we were able to move into, which meant our overheads for us as well weren't as great, weren't as great. And that allowed us to kind of have some time, a couple of years to think through where we wanted to buy in line with where we were planting a church. Um, so let kind of vision and that kind of stuff drive that. So it's probably quite unusual. Um, just uh, there was a lot of blessing there in that all kind of coming together. Um, yeah. I think every story is going to be a unique story of God's provision, yeah. the timing, being bivocational. Uh, yeah. One of our goals in, in the Rural Collective is to make uh, make sure people understand bivocational is honorable. And some guys are yeah. called to it for life. Yeah. And uh, it's unfair to ask um, a, especially a rural planter, oh, you're not full time yet? Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, bivocational yeah. is often more work than uh, just being. Oh, uh, totally. Totally. Yeah. You're working 40 hours at Starbucks and trying to prep a sermon. And meet. I mean, I had it that I would meet with people. I'd work at a, a, like an eight hour shift and I'd meet someone before, someone on my half hour break and then meetings after. Um, whereas now it feels like, I remember when it started, I was saying, I feel like a fraud and I've got time to, to, to yeah, I just felt, it felt a lot easier being, being full time, but that's because of the generosity of the guys in the States who I should say, if you want to see a model for brotherhood and sisterhood, those guys, I mean, are way ahead. I spent time there last summer and it was great to learn from them what they've been doing in Southeast Georgia. Um, uh, just a brilliant southeast or southwest? Is it southwest Georgia or southeast? Uh, well, I know it's south Georgia. I think it's southwest They're Georgia, but Albany, I, I, London, um, yeah. yeah, a shout. In fact, I want to do a shout out to Tim Bice and the guys down there because they yeah, are a model of what a healthy rural cohort looks like. Yeah. And I think they're going to have a book out for us at some point yeah, here. I need to get but, a move on that book. Yeah, <laughs> if that's not and, done yet, guys. No, yeah. no, no. That's all right. Uh, us guys in the rural <laughs> settings uh, don't have time to sit around and write books, right? No. Uh, but here, that's that's another picture. Uh, we got to close up here. But um, there's a the idea that rural churches, especially in the West, can help support churches, yeah, um, rural churches. Uh, and so our brother from Kenya, one of our, you know, one of the jobs I hope to, um, or one of the tasks I hope to uh, promote is how to better connect guys like uh, uh, Pete in um, Inverness and uh, our brother uh, Muleli uh, Cleophis down in Kenya. How, how do we connect uh, across the globe? Yeah, because I know like from time I've had in South Africa with family and stuff there, a pound goes a long way. 
um, in some parts of the world. It doesn't go so far in other places, but actually small churches um, could do a lot with supporting churches in some parts of the world. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think we all can do a part in that. Great, yeah. Hey, uh, any last words to uh, uh, brothers and sisters watching? Um, yeah, just... Um, I think it's just a word of encouragement to press on, to keep going um, to that long, slow plod, a glorious plod. Um, glorious plod, it, yeah. So just, yeah. Just keep going. Um, keep, keep looking to Jesus and trusting him. And, yeah. and we, uh, we, we're going to end with this little dilemma, but it's simply answered. Once you're on, uh, once you're on the gospel, nobody's are you no longer a nobody? And the answer is you're still a nobody. It's Great. about G Je- it's still about Jesus and, right. and for his glory and, and uh, thanks, Pete, for your time. We love you, brother, and uh, our best to Anne. And thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we hope you found this encouraging.